Well, good morning, church. Um, some of you may not really know what we do behind the scenes. And so today I'm going to speak about um, the church leadership and uh, the importance of leadership. Um, let me get my clicker. All right. Oops. This is not working really well. What's happening? Okay. Maybe you'll control for me, all right? It's a bit hard to control from here. Um, I'm going to talk about leadership this morning. But before I do, I just want to pray because this is a very important topic that a lot of people don't understand. And, and so they go astray because they don't understand about leadership. And so I just want to pray that God would give us, give us today a revelation of the importance of leadership. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will come and open up our hearts and our minds to understand um, that you are ultimately our leader and that you are our shepherd who will lead us to green pastures and still waters. And even though we may go through the valley of the shadow of death, you are there with us. You will hold us. You will take us through to the banqueting table and you will protect us with your rod and your staff and you've promised to be with us always even to the ends of the earth. Help us today to understand our lives and how to be led by you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to talk today about uh, why is leadership so important. Yep. And, um, well, I don't have to introduce to you those two characters on the screen. You may love them or hate them, but uh, they symbolize leadership in the world. And the U.S. has been through a very tumultuous time in terms of their leadership, and they have appointed a new leader for the country but let me just state this from the beginning, that leadership um, influences destiny, all right? Leadership can affect your destiny, and it's very important for, uh, for us to understand leadership and to pray for leadership. Next slide. Historically, the world has had many bad leaders, as you all know, and the bad leaders have either devastated the world or uh, affected us some way or other. I know growing up, my parents have been through the Second World War and their lives were really devastated, really affected by the Second World War. Some relatives lost their, their head in the Second World War when the Japanese came and cut off the heads of many people and my father, who was uh, um, in some ways influential with the Japanese people, helped to intercede for uh, some people who were going to be killed by the Japanese and rescued them from being killed. And, and so, you know, the world has had many bad leaders and resulting from that, we've had two major world wars. But even before that, there have been many wars and many problems in the world. And all because we've had bad leaders over the ages. We've had Hitler, we have Gaddafi, we've, you know, the list goes on. And, and they have devastated the earth. Just one leader alone can cause tremendous havoc in the world. When God created the world, He placed man and woman, Adam and Eve, in the garden. And his purpose was that Adam and Eve would lead the world, would manage the world, provide leadership for the world. God didn't come and say, I'll be the leader of the world. I will uh, manage the world and make sure that the world runs smoothly. But he stood from a distance in some ways, God did. And so many people ask, how is it that if God is in charge, how come we have all these problems in the world? Why is God so 
unjust to, to create all these problems in the world. But if you think carefully, a lot of the problems in the world are man-created. There's actually enough food in the world to feed everyone in the world, but man has created the system where only the rich and the powerful will have more than what they need, whereas the rest of the world continue to starve and remain in hunger. And so, would you say God is unfair, unjust? But God's purpose initially and from the beginning to the end is that He, he has placed man on earth to manage the earth, to lead the earth. But unfortunately, because man decided to take things into their own hands, take leadership instead of from God, they chose to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil to be their own leader, to take the reins of, of God over their lives into their own hands to say, I will determine my own future, I will determine my own destiny, and that's why they had they, they have created all the problems that we experience today. So for many of you who are going through issues in life, problems in life, you might want to ask yourself that question. Is your life really led by God? Is the leadership over your life controlled by yourself or by God? Are you eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Or are you eating from the tree of life? Eating from the tree of life simply means giving the leadership of your life, the reign of your life, over to God. But eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil means, hey God, you don't know what you're doing. I will know how to lead my own life. I will do what I want. And that's what Adam and Eve did. And resulting from that, you have all the chaos in the world. Next slide. Having a good leader is a gift and blessing. Many of us do not realize that God has given to the world many wonderful leaders as well as bad leaders have risen up. But from time to time, God raises up good leaders as in the book of Judges, you see that uh, it was a time of chaos in Israel because everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. And people today are still doing that which is right in their own eyes. They would not go to the Bible. They would not pray. They would not refer to God for direction in their life. Everyone thinks that they know what to do and they do that which is right in their own eyes. And so in the book of Judges, if you were to read the book of Judges, you'd see that Israel was at an all-time low, was uh, the weakest point in the history of Israel when everyone was going in different directions. And God, in order to save Israel, had to raise up strong leaders of different forms to lead the people from their enemies, to rescue their people from their enemies. And some of the leaders, you will find, are not really good leaders, but nevertheless, God still uses them. And uh, someone like Samson, for example, he was supposed to lead the people of Israel and, and to be a good ruler. But you know, like all leaders, they have their own weaknesses. And we'll look at some of that in a moment. And even as you look at some of those uh, key significant leaders on the screen, they've done really well, but if you examine their own personal life, you'll see lots of flaws as well, alright? Some of you have come from Singapore, and uh, uh, your country has prospered because of your leader. Next slide. Now, the world badly needs good leaders, good shepherds to lead the world. And, you know, we, uh, God has, it says here in 1 Peter 2.25, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So ultimately, we see in the Bible that Jesus himself is the good leader. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the leader 
who can lead you to green pastures, to still waters. I can restore your soul. But, you know, we know that Jesus came and, and left. And, but He has chosen and appointed leaders in the world through the Holy Spirit. He raises up under shepherds to lead His sheep. Why is it that we need leaders? Next slide. Because we are like sheep that tend to go astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Innate in all of us is the tendency to stray from the Lord. The moment we become comfortable, that's why in the Western countries that used to be so much on fire for God, they, you know, Europe and America used to be Christian nations and they used to love God, uh, love Jesus. Christianity was at its peak at one time. But over time, because they become prosperous and comfortable, they become complacent and there's that tendency to stray from the Lord. Even for many of us, if we don't read our Bibles regularly, we don't stay in fellowship, that's the purpose of the church. If we don't uh, gather together, if you stop coming to church for a month or two, you will find yourself growing spiritually dry. Because in all of us, there is that sin nature that will cause us to go cold, to uh, stray away, be distracted and love the things of the world more than the things of God, which will eventually destroy us. And so there is that straying tendency, straying heart in all of us because the Bible says that in Isaiah 53, verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We are all like sheep. Say, ba. See, all the sheep here. That's why you need shepherds. And that's why God raises up leaders for you. He says He gives gifts unto men. He raises up apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists to provide leadership for, for the world, to provide leadership for the church. He not only provides leadership for the church, but He provides business leaders for the world as well and uh, in different fields, in education, in uh, the arts, in different fields, in government, God provides leaders for the world. And if we, the church, do not pray for our leadership, then we will have bad leaders. And it will affect your life. Leadership affects your destiny. And I just want to show you the importance of leadership. Next slide. Are we led by blind leaders? Jesus himself says in Matthew 15, 14, let them alone. He's talking about the Pharisees that were attacking him during that time. And Jesus says to his disciples, they are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. And so many people are falling into the ditch, especially young people because they are so peer-dependent. They are so influenced by the coolest guy in class or the coolest girl in class. And they just follow because they want to be uh, uh, part of the group. They want to belong. But who are you following? Young people, I'm addressing you, you all uh, right now especially in school, you don't realize that you are being led by your peers. And you think your peers are so cool, but actually many of them are actually blind, spiritually blind. They are misleading you, some even into drugs, into lifestyles that are destroying you. And you look at an old person like uh, Chris Ong, you know, he's, he's now old, he's... He's gone old now. Yeah. That's why he's losing some hair. Yeah. But you look at old people and you say, they're not cool anymore. You know, I, I don't want to follow them because my 
classmate. He's cool. Look at how he dresses, how he, you know, behaves and all that. You think that's cool. But you don't realize your cool leader or cool peer is leading you into the ditch. And uh, I'm reminded of a story of uh, two men walking their dog. And uh, they come past and they're feeling a bit hungry and they saw a restaurant and they said, hey, let's go and eat something in the restaurant. And so Jim and John were their names. And Jim says, come, let's go in. He's, he's the leader amongst the two. And uh, then John says, but there's a sign there which says no pets allowed. So he says, ah, not to worry. I'm, I'm smart. I, I'll show you how to get in. So he takes out his sunglasses, puts it on, and pretends to be blind. And he goes to the restaurant, and, and, uh, and, and the manager is there, and he says, Oh, uh, can I have a table, please, for two? And, uh, and the guy says, Can't you read that uh, this restaurant doesn't allow pets? No pets allowed. He says, But can't you see that I'm blind? This is my guide dog, blind guide dog. And uh, he says, But it's a Doberman pincher. He says, don't you know that the latest guide dog is the Doberman Pinscher? They make the best guide dogs now. You're out of touch. So he says, oh, oh, really? Okay, you can go in. Then the other guy comes along, Jim comes, John comes along, and he says, hold on, can't you see that there is no uh, pets allowed? He says, yeah, I'm, I'm like him. I, I'm, I'm blind. I, you know, that's my guide dog. And he says, but that's a chihuahua. <laughs> and he says, oh, they didn't tell me that they gave me a chihuahua. <laughs> so many of us, you know, we want to follow. We want to follow others. And they may be equipped to, to do something. They may have the dobermans and whatever. But for us, we only have a chihuahua. Your, your gifting, your talents, your abilities may not match the same uh, thing, path that your leader is leading you. And so you've got to make sure that your leader is not a blind leader. Next slide. And I've said before, leaders shape our destiny. We see examples of uh, Malaysia, our pre my previous good prime minister, <laughs> Najib, you know, I don't know whether uh, he's good or not, but uh, it's up to you to judge. But uh, he's created lots of problems in Malaysia and uh, the ringgit is going down as a result. Germany, Hitler, has led Germany into destruction, the world into destruction. That's... Uh, Marcos, right, who has also created lots of problems. I mentioned David Koresh because David Koresh was like a pastor who misled his whole group to commit suicide uh, in, in the, when was this? In the 80s or something, you know, in the 70s or 80s. And he took them all into a mass suicide. So be very careful about the leadership that you follow because leaders do shape our destiny. Next slide. Who you follow determines your future. Mark 1 verse 17 says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, God has a purpose of leading you into greatness. He desires, Jesus desires to lead you to green pastures, to still waters, to restore your soul, and to make you ultimately like Him, to be fishes of men, that you will be a light and a salt in the world. Next slide. But in Matthew, Matthew 4, 19 says, Then He said to them, Follow me, well, it's a repeat of that. Now I'll make you fishes of men. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Paul himself takes this up and he says, Be ye followers of me 
even as I am of Christ. Now, all of us, it's hard to follow Jesus these days because Jesus is no more physically around. But He sent His Holy Spirit. And He sent His Holy Spirit to anoint leaders within society, leaders within the church, who will uh, display the character of Christ and, and so it's very important for us right now because we can't see Jesus that we discern and understand the leaders God has placed over our life. Everyone needs a leader, by the way. Even I, I need a leader. That's why my, my mentor, as we shall see in a slide in a moment, is 100 years old, Pastor Hal Oxley. And he leads my life. And everyone needs a leader in their life. Otherwise, they will go astray. I'm going to take you now to show you the importance of a good leader. Uh, in 1 Samuel 22, verse... Next slide. 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 to 2, we see David the leader. David therefore departed from there. He was running away from King Saul, who was after his life. And, and because King Saul was jealous of David, was, wanted to kill David even though he did nothing wrong. But David departed and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. Wow, I wouldn't like to be that kind of a pastor where, where the church is filled with people who are in distress in debt and discontented. But he had that kind of a church. All these three Ds, distress, in debt, and discontented, gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. So 400 hobos, as it were, useless, useless people of society, came to David, the leader, and see what he did with them. Alright, next slide. You know, because of David's anointing and leadership, David's men became mighty warriors through his leadership. In 2 Samuel 10 verse 7, it says, Now when David heard of it, he sent Job, or sorry, it got missed out, and all his mighty men, so they became mighty warriors of David. I'll show you a couple of the examples. Next slide. We see in 2 Samuel 23, a little later on, in verse 18, it talks about Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, who was chief of another three. He lifted up his spear against 300 men and killed them. Now, I'm not asking you to be mighty warriors to kill people, all right? This is, this is symbolic. This is talking spiritually. Here is one guy who was one of the distressed, discontented, in debt guy and who was fearful, running for his life or from King Saul as well or didn't like King Saul, ran to King David and he was transformed to be a mighty warrior and one person, he's better than Jet Li, <laughs> he was able to kill 300 men by himself. Let's look at another case, another of David's mighty men. These are like X-Men, you know, they are transformed overnight. Benaiah, the son of a valiant man from Kabzil, who had done many deeds, he killed two lion-like Heroes of Moab. So the, there were two famous lion-looking uh, Moabites who were mighty warriors, fearful-looking. He had also gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Now tell me which person would look for a lion that's in a pit, jump down to kill the lion. <laughs> that's the kind of fearless person that this guy has become, Benaiah. And uh, next slide, we will see here that, and he, Benaiah, killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. When it says spectacular, means 
this Egyptian guy is a big guy. He's a giant of a man, powerful. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand. So he went down only with a staff, with a stick, and wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. What a powerful guy Benaiah was. And he became one of uh, the bodyguards of David, one of his key captains. Uh, but that's the kind of leadership that uh, uh, what leadership can do in your life. It can, good leadership can bring out your potential in your life. If you are under no leadership, then you are your own leader. And your potential can never be discovered, can never arise. If you're not willing to be led by a good person, then your, your potential will be buried, will be hidden. So I'm encouraging everyone here that you really need to find a good mentor in your life. Now, I obviously cannot mentor everyone here, all right? And uh, Chris also can't, but God is raising up different leaders, and, and it's, it's important for us to find good leadership that will bring the spark in your life and bring out the best out of you, uh, rather than... than uh, submerging your qualities and, and discouraging you and bring you down. Next slide. Let me just say this, that I have lived 60-something years now and I have found very few good leaders in the world, really, you know. And when you find a good leader like Chris Song, you don't want to let go. Honestly, I'm, I'm not joking. He's laughing, but... Chris, I've, I've discovered now, in, in the past, when he was a young boy, I used to look down on him a bit. You know, he is a kiddie, loves Disney, jump on uh, the amps, likes to, you know, jump around like a bunny, you know. And, and he's just a kid, he's, he's nothing... And, but after now working with him for so many years, uh, and when God asked me to appoint him to be the senior pastor of the church, I thought, Are you, am I hearing you right, God? You know, this Disney character surely can't be a good leader for the church. But I, I clearly heard the Lord to say, He's the one. Choose Him because He's got the innate potential, and you've got to bring out the best out of him. And so, uh, as I step forth in faith, I've seen that what the Lord has said to me has, has really come true. I've seen incredible leadership qualities coming out of him, and he's able to lead, especially the younger people, in ways that I, I couldn't do. And I lack a lot of leadership qualities that he has within him. So don't despise Chris. Chris is an anointed man of God. God has raised him up. And, uh, and, and we've got to, let's give him a hand. Yeah. And, and Roger here as well. And many in the SLT, even Michael Ting, you know, next year, he's going to, his ministry is going to explode to have 800 members. Is it right? It's it's you know God is really raising up wonderful leaders amongst the young people and I'm so excited for the church and I'm so glad that I I release the senior pastor role to the younger generation because now they can begin to rise up. And, you know, to have uh, this transition to the next uh, generation is such a rare thing nowadays. Uh, Tantik Singh, who is the FGB or formerly FGB president, he is now the international uh, president for, for Asia. He's staying with me. Today, he was supposed to come, but he didn't realize the wedding of his uh, godson is on Sunday. So he's, he's out uh, attending the wedding. 
And he tells me that in Malaysia now, majority of the churches, including the mega churches, all the mega churches, they can't, the, 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 the senior pastors are very old now, getting into the 70s. And they cannot find the next tier of leaders to pass to. Many, many churches, he tells me. And so we are in a unique situation here. We are truly blessed that God is raising good, strong leaders in our midst. In 1 Timothy uh, 5.17, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honour, especially those who labour in the word and doctrine. Just a few weeks, maybe a month ago, you all will recall, I attended, or I spoke at the memorial service of our elder Ang Chui Lai. He was my mentor. And, uh, and, and in that memorial service that lasted for two hours on a Sunday night, uh, so many people came up to honour Mr. Ang, who was lying there in the coffin. And they were just singing praise of him and, and saying how he has impacted their lives. And I was just thinking, Eddie, you know, towards the end of the service, I, I said, wow, how good it would have been for Mr. Ang to hear this when he was alive. <laughs> we often do that. We often appreciate our leaders or those who have blessed us when they're in the coffin. It might be a bit too late. I don't know if they do, they can hear us or not. All right? Maybe from heaven, I don't know. But let's give them, well, let's give them double honor. Pe people like uh, uh, Alan Koo and, and uh, Peggy, you know, and other of our Min Leong and KK who have led in the past, these have, these have led well, ruled well. That's why the Bible says we need to give them double honor, to encourage them. Because it's hard to find good leaders in this world. Next slide. I just want to show you a picture of the celebration I was in. That's why I wasn't in church last Sunday. Of Pastor Hal Oxley who celebrated his 100th birthday. And we have Tony Smith, the Speaker of the Government of Parliament. He came to honour Pastor Hal Oxley and he brought letters from Malcolm Turnbull from the opposition party and even from the Queen to honour Pastor Hal Oxley. Pastor Hal Oxley has greatly impacted the world uh, as a soldier, as a colonel in the army and as a, uh, a man of God. And uh, so, next slide. Desiring to be a good leader is a good thing. Let me just say this, alright? God wants us all to be leaders. In 1 Timothy 3.1, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, bishop simply means a leader or overseer, he desires a good work. Uh, in the, I think the came, King James, it says, uh, earns a good degree or something like that. <laughs> I used to think, wow, you know, if you become a good leader, you, you earn a, a degree in heaven or something. But what it basically means is that you, it, it, you desire a good thing if you desire to be a leader. I've noticed that uh, when I was in Malaysia pastoring, a lot of people wanted to be leaders. They've come up and put up their hands and say, Oh, can I be a home group leader? Can I lead this, this ministry, do that? But since coming to Australia and running a church here, I have to beg people to be leaders. Can you please be a home group leader? Can you please lead in this? Everybody doesn't want to be a leader here. What's wrong? It's a good thing because ultimately, God will judge us for what He has given to us. And if we sleep on the talent, if we hide the talent, God, you will have to account to the Lord, not to me. You have to give an account to the Lord for what you have done with the giftings and talents He has given to you. Next slide. 
But let me just say this. A lot of people are afraid to be leaders. <laughs> it's not easy to be a leader, right? It's a tall order to be a leader. You will notice here that here are the qualifications for a bishop, for an overseer, and it's all based on character. You will notice that it doesn't say a bishop must be a, a pastor of a thousand or ten thousand member church. They must be able to preach well. They must be able to heal the sick and all of that. No, it says a bishop or a leader. See, this is the part that is really, really hard. Must be blameless. Am I blameless? I don't think I'm blameless. <laughs> but nevertheless, we strive towards that. The husband of one wife, that's easy to achieve. Alright? At one at a time. It's, it's okay. <laughs> one only. <laughs> Temperate. Sober. Well, depends on circumstances, right? If your wife has uh, died, you know, if your wife has died, you're allowed to remarry, right? <laughs> my, my wife tells me I cannot remarry if she goes. That's why she has made me promise that we die together. It's okay. It's all right. Praise God. Must be temperate, even-tempered, you know, must be uh, sober-minded, be of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to too much wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. The list goes on. Next one. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into rep reproach and the snare of the devil. Is that a tall order or not? You know, I mean, that's really a tall order, a, a huge list for an overseer, for a leader. Do we meet all of this? It's very hard. Blameless. Wow. But nevertheless, that's God's standard for leaders. And as leaders, we have to aspire to that. We may not be able to achieve 100% but this is the direction that we need to, to, to go towards. But you know what? I'm finding that the Christians in this world are looking for a different kind of leader than what God has stated in the Bible. They are looking for the charismatic leader that, has, uh, that is good-looking, that is, can speak well, that is flamboyant, that has, you know... Uh, that's suave, that's uh, uh, all the, the celebrity kind of qualities because they are looking for a, a celebrity pastor, a celebrity leader, but without the, the, the character, the integrity uh, in, in their heart. And so can I just tell you or encourage you that in looking for a leader, don't go for the glitz. Go for the heart. Go for the qualities as described in the Bible. And so in, in our church, we try to be as real as possible. And I'm glad that Chris, you know, he, he, he is, what you see is what you get. And, and sometimes he comes up here, I don't know whether wisely or foolishly, he shares his own problems, the struggles he goes through. But at least, you know, he's honest about it and, and he, he knows that he has weaknesses and he's striving to be blameless as much as possible. But all of us are human. Let me just go to, to the last portion of this. Why do so many, next slide, why do so many pastors burn out? Because of high expectations from self 
and others, because they are performance or results oriented, their church has not grown to a thousand, five thousand, or ten thousand, and so they get disappointed with themselves. They neglect their self, themselves and family because of their busy schedule, the high demands of ministry, and spiritual attack. So, next slide, you will see that the schedule of a pastor, many people have come to me in the past, but ever since I've handed over to Chris, I don't get so many people coming to me to, with the same thing now. But they, they say, Pastor, I know you preach on Sunday or, or most Sundays, but do you shake leg during the week? Do you, do you, are you praying all the time? What do you do? You, you must be very free during the week. And so I, I thought I better share what the schedule of a pastor is like, all right? First of all, there's preaching, there's teaching, there's mentoring, there's follow-up, there's hospitality to provide, there's counselling, there's marriage, counsel, marriage counselling, parenting counselling when they have problem children and family issues, crisis, visitation in hospitals, house cleansing, births that uh, you attend to, functions, wow, functions, birthdays, weddings, funerals, housewarming, full moons, etc., etc., attend meetings, prayer meetings, leadership meetings, ministry, people asking you to speak at the Rejoice ministry or at this uh, youth group or at the young adults ministry or ladies ministry, you're pulled in many, many directions. Now, this doesn't include all the planning and the preparation that goes on before these events. Just to prepare for this message has taken many hours on top of the many things. And so, that's why, next slide, I run IPIN, alright? IPIN is Impact Pastors, Impact Nations. God, because I've been burned out a number of times, I realized that there must be many pastors out there that are experiencing what I've been through. And why I paint? Because when pastors, leaders are healthy, their members will be blessed. It's a flow-on effect. Because more and more pastors are burning out and committing suicide. Do you, do you know that? And I'll come to that in a moment. Because pastors need to work together in unity for God's kingdom. Let me just quickly now go to Reverend Teddy Parker who committed suicide not too long ago. A lot of pastors, especially in America, are committing suicide. Dr. Dewey Smith, his friend, says, it's hard to be honest. It's difficult for some preachers to be honest. Every pastor needs a pastor to kind of lead and guide them. It's hard for us to really find that relationship because often pastors are trying to compete with or cremate you. And so it's difficult to find camaraderie. You know, in the uh, Charisma magazine, there's an article that shows that more and more pastors are committing suicide. You won't believe it. But the pressure is on pastors. And they are only human. Let me tell you, if you cut my hand and Chris's arm, you'll see blood, right? And will faint and will die. We are just like you. We are human. We are frail. But, and that's why the last slide says in 1 Timothy 2, 1, 3, Therefore, I, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men and especially for kings and those who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour. See, God raises up leaders for what? For your good. For, to be a blessing to the nation, to be a blessing to the community, to be a blessing to your family. But if you do not allow the leaders 
to speak into your life, to, to lead and guide you, then you are leaderless, first of all, and the tendency is that you will go astray. But if your pastors are not in good order, good condition, or your staff, even the church staff, are unhealthy, then the church will become unhealthy. That's why, that's why God tells us here in 1 Timothy 2 that we need to make supplications, prayers, intercession, and pray, and with thanks, pray for even our kings, for those who are in authority, to our pastors and to our leaders. And, and that's why we run IPIN. On the, on the 7th of December, in a week's or so, say, nine days' time, Evelyn and I, we go to uh, KL to run a pastor's kids' retreat. Why, you may ask, why are we running a pastor's kids' retreat? Because if the pastor's families are not doing well, are broken and in trouble, the pastor will be distracted. The pastor will be weighed down, caring for his children. Uh, if the children are rebellious and diffic in difficulty, the pastor cannot focus and concentrate on his ministry. And I've had a pastor kid after one of the retreats write to me and said, Pastor Roland, I was at the point of meltdown before the retreat. But when I came to the pastor's kid's retreat, I was so thoroughly blessed and transformed and I be, I, before the retreat, I scolded my dad to say, why must you be a pastor? Why can't you be a, a, a road sweeper even? Or a, a janitor or a businessman or a teacher or anything is better than being a pastor. I hate you for being a pastor. She came to the retreat. God touched her and she wrote me that letter and she says, Thank you, Pastor Roland, for transforming my life. I went back from that retreat to my dad and hugged him and apologized to him in tears and said, Dad, I'm so sorry for ridiculing you, for scolding you and discouraging you. From today onwards, I will support you 150%. That's the, that's the reason, yes. That's the reason why we run Pastor's Kids Retreat. And so this coming one, please pray for us. We have 110 pastor's kids coming from all over Malaysia, some from the Philippines, some from Singapore that are joining us. This will be a very significant one because 90% of the pastor's kids that are coming, this is their first time coming. All the older ones have grown up. <laughs> they don't need the pastor's kids retreat anymore. But I so thank God that I ran this pastor's kids retreat because in our last one, there was one pastor's daughter who came to the retreat all rebellious and angry with her, her father and, and just rebellious, backslidden from the Lord. And at that retreat, she was turned around and she, she really gave her heart and life to the Lord. And since that retreat, she was serving God, but a year or two later, she met with a fatal accident. And she died when she was only 23 years old, thereabouts. But I thank God that if she didn't come to the pastor's retreat, I do not know where she would have ended up as a result of that fatal accident. And so these pastor's retreats, kids' retreats, in addition to the pastor's retreats, are very, very important. And so please be praying for us, but pray for your leaders, pray for your staff. The staff are an integral part of the leadership of the church. Without Nick Tay and Sean's and the Lee Ming's and the, you know, Megan and all the others supporting us, we couldn't do what we do. Let's, let's close in prayer. Uh, can I ask Chris to come and close in prayer? Hey, I just want to um, just encourage you, uh, just before we pray. You know, FGA doesn't 
make any pretenses like we're some uh, big shot fancy church. We really try to be the real thing. And I'm personally, having grown up at FGA, I'm so thrilled for the kind of leadership that has been established by Pastor Roland. Um, it's the kind of leadership that me as a senior pastor, I don't see a lot of my colleagues have. This week alone, I met up with the three elders uh, over a two-hour lunch. I can tell them anything. You, you know why? Because I feel like they genuinely love me and genuinely care. And that kind of leadership, that kind of ethos flows all the way through FGA. And that's why I think there's a potential, even sitting here in this room, for some really good leaders, really good leaders to come about. Leaders who submit well to other leaders, but leaders who also then go and create an environment where other people can thrive. And so um, I'm going to close the service. I'm going to pray for Pastor Ron, but I also want to pray for all of us here. Uh, FGA, at some level, we're going to be leading this city. We're going to be leading this community because people are going to be looking at all of us. And I don't know whether you know this or not, but people need to be able to be friends with somebody who can be a good leader to them. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for the example in Jesus Christ, who, uh, though he was God, did not count it equality as something to be grasped, but that he laid down his life and he gave us the example to be a good leader. Father, I want to thank you for Pastor Roland, who followed your call and, and planted this church and was that living example for us of the kind of leader that we, um, that we have in Jesus Christ. I want to thank you now for the leadership mantle that is upon me and on the many other leaders here at FGA. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you would help us as we strive to follow after Jesus' footsteps as we follow his example. And I pray also for the many leaders that are yet to come, that is stirring even in the hearts of people today. Lord God, that you would create a call that is unstoppable in their life, a desire that is unstoppable to make a difference in the world that we live in today. I pray for the leadership here at FGA. I pray, Lord God, that we would be led by you, that we would follow your charge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Amen. Can I, can I just say a big thank you to all our ministry and home group leaders. Let's put our hands. At the end of this year, I want to appreciate all our home group and ministry leaders. Amen.